Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back, and we got a full house today. And uh, it's me and Rita. Today's what? Thursday? It is Thursday. My God, it's almost a weekend. Oh. In, in the uh, studio with us is Judge Richard Weinberg, GOP Chairman Ed Cox, Governor David uh, not, not Patterson. Gonna, I was going to say Rockefeller almost. Yeah, not he, he looks like, he looks oh. stately. David Patterson. Slight difference in economic value. A, a, a slight <laughs> difference. A slight difference. Just slight. And uh, we have our... Uh, Adam uh, Johnson. Adam, by the way, Adam, uh, portfolio manager of Bullseye American Ingenuity Fund. Also, all the time on TV, you see him everywhere, Bloomberg, and everywhere else. And we're thrilled to have you and here we too. We were on with Maria Bartolomo together, and uh, that was an adventure. Uh, and Curtis Lewa, of course. What the heck is going on with the migrants, Curtis? No, oh, it's miserable. We have a company called Doc Go. That Eric Adams had signed a $432 million no-bid contract on. Now, these were the people who originally, during the lockdown and pandemic, were putting the swizzle sticks up your nose out in the streets. So they knew nothing <laughs> on how to deal with migrants, how to get food, clothing, put up tents, house them. So we got them back? But they were given the contract, and their CEO, I kid you not, his name was Anthony Al Capone. No, wait a minute. Real name. Real name. Right. Anthony Al Capone. He lasted a month. The Albany Times Union did a retrospective on his career. He turned out to have a resume as creative as George Santos. Nothing was true about the guy. He resigned. But what's happening is they're giving out food each day to the migrants. And the food is old and moldy, and it's not being eaten, and it's being thrown out. And yet, Daco is getting money for this. They've never, they've never been in the food provision business before. So they take the money, they get the cheapest food, and a lot of the migrants they're not happy to get the bagel with the schmear on it. You know, with the Philadelphia cream cheese. They don't have that in uh, Central America. No, 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 no bagels with no schmear. And you know what I would tell the migrants? Good. And don't freaking eat. Go back. So exactly. how, how much money are we losing? Because I was seeing it's a huge amount of money that they're throwing Just out. Just on it's the disgusting. food alone, about a million dollars on on wasted food. And what they want, the migrants instead, because we catered to them, they want con arroz habichuelas, beans and rice with a chuleta, a pork chop on top, mafungo, a mangu. And if they Just don't have it, if they can't provide it, daco. They 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 actually put in an order to Grubhub, and the city of New York, we the sucker taxpayers, end up paying a Grubhub bill so that these migrants get culturally appropriate food. This is crazy, absolutely nuts. If you're not happy with the food, then pack your bags and go back to go back to where you came from. My God. Curtis Lewa, thank you for the update, and uh, I'll be listening to you at 7.05 tomorrow when you go on with Sid. I'm good. In fact, I'm going to stop at the Roosevelt Hotel, get some of those bagels with the schmear on it, and have it available for everyone on the Sid Rosenberg Show. It's good food. Eat it. That's all they eat on the Sid Rosenberg Show. Oh, <laughs> by the way, you know, John, uh, speaking we of... Uh, we got some breaking what, news? Well, we're, we're waiting uh, in any moment, any moment here, but before we get 
Yeah, before we get to the latest, uh, how about speaking of ripoffs, John? This whole thing. Did you say you can't make this up, John? Uh, two men convicted of stealing two thousand dollars worth of stuff from Cole's department store argued for lesser charges because well, let's there was explain a sale. It why. <laughs> because if you get arrested in California, if it's less than a thousand dollars, so two men it has to be less than two thousand. Well, it's, it was two thousand sixty-five. So it says, well, you haven't applied our coupons yet. <laughs> that would bring it down below 2000. Let, let's get Adam Johnson, the Adam economic Johnson, guy, let's say your you. perspective. That is the craziest thing I have ever heard. They have completely turned everything upside down. Upside down. Should we, should we cry or laugh, guys? Laugh. Yeah, you have to. Otherwise, you can't make this up. I mean, that is just it is preposterous. Um, and this comes, of course, as like there are so many threats right now with uh, retail thefts and uh, the free passes. Judge Weinberg, how crazy is it? I'm not surprised in this climate. Like, wait a minute. I was supposed to get half off. Well, there was nothing. This is a financial question. You ready? Let's hear it. OK. Microsoft. Gave away four hundred and forty-six million or forty-four million yeah, right, uh, actually, to Black Lives Matter. Yeah, two forty-four right. million. And some shareholders. Yeah, objected to it. Yeah. Well, the, the, the chair, said? the chair right. told them to go f themselves. Just about. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, imagine that. But you know, why is it that Microsoft is getting involved in BLM? I mean, Microsoft sells operating systems. What is the point of getting involved in BLM? Virtue you know, signaling. Yeah, thank you. Thank let's, you, Judge. Yeah. Let's, let's go to the other side. Uh, Governor Patterson, what say you? Well, I can understand after a tragedy like George Floyd that to try to keep the country working together and to try to isolate that incident. For $446 million to BLM? Uh, uh, it's a little uh, higher. You, you mean David? Look, you shake if that they, money? If you're, hey, listen, if they were the guy giving you 10%, I could understand. <laughs> All right. If it gets All right. To, if it uh, gets hold to, on. We got some breaking, breaking news. Yep. Breaking news. WABC. And uh, we have with us here Joe Cairo. Of course, he is head of the GOP in that key area of Nassau County. Huge news. And he's got some huge news. Yes. Joe Cairo, take it away. We got a full studio here. Big news on who is going to be running in the George Santos seat. Yeah. So, as you know, the governor has called for a special election on February the 13th. Uh, the Democrats uh, nominated their candidate last week, and today the Nassau County Republican Committee, in conjunction with Tony Nunziato and the Queens County Committee, we selected Mozzie, Mozzie Pillip. Mozzie is a uh, Great Neck resident. She is a county legislator. She ran in 2021 and won. She had an overwhelming victory just last month in November of, of 23 to be reelected. That's a district up in Great Neck. Uh, the county legislature was created in 1995. From its inception up until last year, it had never elected a Republican. Uh, Mozzie came along. She's the first Republican who uh, was elected in that seat. She's done a great job. Now she's our candidate for Congress. and We look forward to her getting out there on the campaign trail. And incidentally, this is the first interview she's done. She's talked to the to the uh, newspapers, but this is the first radio or TV interview that she's done since she was uh, selected this morning uh, by a certificate of nomination. So we're very excited. We're going to have a great victory uh, for the country uh, and especially for those of the people of the third CD 
come this oh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Ed Cox, New York State Chairman. Chairman, you went through a great process to get the right candidate, did you not? We had we had over 30 people uh, come into us uh, and, and suggest that they would be a good candidate. Many were. Our committee, uh, which included Congressman uh, Peter King, as well as other leaders, community leaders, interviewed about two dozen, about 24. We narrowed it down. We did an extensive background search. We uh, engaged three different companies, uh, all independent of one another. None of them knew that there was another. None of the three knew that there were other companies doing the same background uh, search. We did it on several of our potential candidates. And in the end, uh, Mozzie uh, came out squeaky clean, and she's our candidate. And she is new. She's exciting. Uh, the first uh, first Republican uh, elected from that area. Uh, th- this is really she's really a phenomenon, is she not? She is. She is. You know, North Hempstead by enrollment is Democrat. Yet Jen DeSena, our supervisor, who was elected in uh, 2021, she won North Hempstead by over 5,000 votes against a, a former a former supervisor in the town, Democrat. Uh, up in Great Neck, uh, they rallied behind Jen through Mozzie's efforts. Mozzie had a great victory, um, and she brought out the votes both absentee together with early voting and on Election Day. So Mozzie's doing a great job. She's a, she's a wonderful young lady. And she's going to be a great congressperson. You know, uh, uh, George, um, and I know we're going to be talking to um, hopefully Mozzie soon. Um, it, she obviously is super impressive. I tell everybody about her IDF background because to me that is really amazing. Uh, Israeli Defense Forces. Yes. Yeah, so Mozzie, Mozzie was born in Ethiopia when she was 12 years old. Her grim, her grandmother woke her up and said, "We're fleeing the country today." And through the uh, joint efforts of uh, the Israel and the United States. Uh, Going without food or, or water for 24 hours, they uh, were flown to Israel. Uh, Mozzie uh, was so excited as a young 12-year-old girl to now know she would have an opportunity in life because Jews were being persecuted in Ethiopia. Uh, she vowed to uh, to have a, to lead a good life and to serve her country. She served in the IDF, uh, served there as a paratrooper. She uh, then went to college thereafter. One day, a girlfriend said, uh, I've got the perfect guy who wants to meet you. He was a medical student on the same campus. They met. They fell in love. They came to the United States, uh, married. Uh, Mozzie has seven children uh, together with her, with her husband, uh, Dr. Uh, Adelbert Phillip. And she's here with me right now. And Can she say a few words? Of course, Moz. Go ahead. Hello. <laughs> yes. How are you? Good. Tell us. Congratulations uh, on running uh, this new race. Thank you so much. I'm very excited. I'm so excited that the Republican Party and the Conservative Party together uh, chose me to be the candidate. I'm, uh, I know I'm confident I'm going to bring victory uh, because it's all about uh, helping the American people. And uh, I'm the new voice and the new face. And uh, I can't wait for, uh, for uh, February 13th. February 13th. We're ready. Well, Mazi, congratulations. Joe Cairo, you worked very hard at this. And, hey, you you worked very hard for all of Nassau County and uh, keep of, of keeping Nassau County safe. And that's what we want for all our uh, counties. Thank you. We're going to give it a 110% effort, and we feel confident we'll, uh, we'll share a great victory. And WABC will be there for you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Best of luck. Wow. And now we, we got uh, with us, uh, yep. we have M- Florida Attorney Ashley General Moody. Ashley Moody. And she's on tight schedule. And sorry, uh, uh, Attorney General Moody, that uh, 
we had some breaking news and uh, on the Santos seat and uh, oh, oh my goodness. Big news. Yeah, big news. Yeah. You're the big first news. person to hear it in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, I know you are fighting the good fight uh, there, especially when it comes to immigration law and securing our border. Tell us what you're doing, because that is so important. Oh, well, it's never been more important. You know, we, in, in Florida, we actually have a grand jury that has been impaneled. It's issued many presentments. It's looking at what the Biden administration has failed to do. In following the law, and its most recent report that we that they just released, and I hand delivered to Jim Jordan, uh, Congressman Jimenez, Congressman Lee, uh, Chip Roy. Uh, you know, I, I said, look, this is the reason. This is the reason you need to give states the authority to enforce immigration laws. It's you know, Biden's not doing it. In fact, he's caused increased. Um, surges at our border where, where there's little to no vetting of those coming in and without giving us authority to do it, he's tying our hands and throwing us in the deep end. And we have no ability to protect our states. In fact, the grand jury said that during 2022, of the 3 million that they encountered, now these are not the ones that got away, encountered, they released all, they released everyone into the interior except a third of them. And that number was roughly equivalent to the number of children born in America during the same time period. Those are the numbers that we are dealing with at this moment in history. It's unprecedented. It's never happened. And I've been pushing Congress to give the states more authority. If Biden's going to bring resources and blame Congress and blame everybody but himself, fine. Let us step in. Let us spend our own resources and let us get the job done. You know, it's such a huge issue. There are two million people. This just came out a couple hours ago. Two million people on the terrorist watch list. Uh, in addition to what it used to be. Yeah, in addition to what uh, it used you to be. No, 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 right. to- no, total, actually, total. It is total. No, 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 six oh, million now. All right, no, I'm talking about on the terror watch list. Yeah, six million now. Oh, my goodness. Well, all right, so if it's two six million. million addition. They got two six million, million people addition. on the All right, that's a scary list. number. We're talking millions. That's a huge number. How many of those six million are in New York? Oh, God, don't tell us, boy. Don't look out the window. <laughs> yeah, really. Scary How scary. every American, right? And the saddest part is we have a Department of Homeland Security. It was created in response to the largest terrorist attack we had ever seen on our homeland. And that is being led by Mayorkas, who has done nothing but undermine those that work in that agency from day one, day one. And a president that is doing everything to undermine our security. So every American should be scared. I agree. I mean, working with law enforcement and watching what they're going through on a daily basis, uh, it, it is astounding that the leader of of this United States has put us in such jeopardy. Yeah, and this comes, did you see, there was this huge threat. Did you see overseas today, guys? That's frightening with all the different uh, the synagogues and all the things that are happening. I mean, this is this is scary stuff. Judge Weinberg. Ashley, welcome back. Let me ask you a question. Let me switch gears here. There's a big phenomenon going across this country, an epidemic of retail theft, and you're taking a leadership role across the country in the state of Florida on attacking these organized gangs with retail theft. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hit record numbers, just as we're seeing record numbers at the border flooding it unvetted into our country. Our retailers are now seeing overwhelming numbers in terms of loss, $112 billion. Uh, in one year. So that is why you are seeing retail stores, large retail stores that you know that you use, Walgreens, Target. I mean, these stores are closing shop and moving out of areas that cannot protect 
uh, not only the stores, but the customers that shop there. And what you have to have is executive leaders, attorneys general, prosecutors, law enforcement that are willing to build up these large criminal organizations. And they're run just like the mafia, like the mafia everybody knows about. They're large-scale criminal organizations. They use boosters. They go in and steal lots of product, and then they sell it. I mean, we just took down an organization and the leaders uh, that was operating in nine different jurisdictions, $20 million in loss, 20 different retailers. Well, I'm a retailer, and I'm telling you, I was on Fox the other day, and I told them at Fox that it used to cost me 2% between shoplifting, et cetera, et cetera, and security. Now it's up to 6% of sales. Uh, Adam Johnson for our Wall Street expert. Oh, thank you, uh, John. And Ashley, I'll tell you, crazy situation. I'm a proud New Yorker, been here since I got out of college. I went into CVS with my list of 20 things I needed to buy. Soap, shampoo, deodorant, on and on and on. Everything was behind a locked counter. I went to the manager. I said, how do I get all this stuff? She said, oh, no problem. We'll have someone walk around with you. I said, "My, there are 20 things on my list. Is that happening in Florida where all of a sudden now you actually have to have a store clerk walk around with every customer and unlock the shelves? You know, I just encountered that. I was out of Florida recently. I countered the same thing, and I was so happy to get back to Florida where I could walk around uh, and shop. You know, but you're going to see this. Let me go back to the top five cities that are experiencing this this overwhelming surge in retail theft. You're looking at L.A., San Francisco, New York, Seattle. I mean, you will not make a dent in this problem until you have leaders, in, and it's not law enforcement. They want to enforce the law. But until you have mayors and councils and prosecutors that will go after the boosters and be serious about it, like not turn a blind eye, not just look away and not arrest anybody, not set the thing so high that you've basically pardoned before it even happens, retail theft. Because if you can't get the boosting under control and get them uh, charged and held accountable, you're never going to work up the larger case and take down the organization. Until you take the head off the snake, they're just going to find more and more and more boosters that will never be arrested because your executives and your prosecutors don't value that. So the system will never stop it, and you'll never make a dent. And that's why you're seeing in the cities that you are this large amount of retail theft and stores closing. So in Florida, we say we're going to enforce the law. It's not rocket science. If you go in and steal something, you're going to get caught, and we're going to build it up from there, and we're going to connect the dots because the retailers work with us. They trust us. They'll share information, and they know we're out to help help them. And for the And in the long run, we're helping Floridians and consumers who are actually paying the price. Attorney General Ashley Moody, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, God bless you and God bless America. And we're all headed from Flor- for, to Florida someday. Yeah. We need you up here. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. By the way, take, don't I get $100 for oh, being right? right? One second. Uh, Rita was right. It See? Was, See, Rita million, was right. Two million total. I so, thought it was two in addition to the other four. That means John Bates. There is dinner. no other four. That means John Bates for dinner. At least one. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're coming back with. We have Carl Rove and some big news on that coming up. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us to talk about all the big political doings is Carl Rove. Of course, he was senior advisor and literally uh, the right arm of George W. Bush, then the president of the United States, one of the great political experts out there. Uh, Carl, great to have you here on the show. And, John, you heard a great rumor. Well, it's not a rumor. I know it for a fact. Uh, okay, let's hear. I love how you phrase it as a rumor. All well, right. it's nice to say that. Yeah, it is. Uh, there was uh, rumors around that uh, uh, our California uh, uh, governor was in New York uh, talking to high-end Democrats yesterday. Uh, what say you? Uh, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Newsom is uh, focused on making certain that every single California delegate to the Democratic National Convention who will be elected on March 5th, a Biden delegate, is committed to Newsom, that they're Newsom people. He's filed a federal committee, as has Pritzker and Whitmer, so all three of them can move around the country, ostensibly paying for it out of their own pocket, contributing money to federal candidates in other states. In fact, Newsom, I think, was the one that gave some money, or maybe it was Pritzker, to a candidate in, of all places, South Carolina. Wonder why? Third uh, third state to hold its nomination process. So, look, there are a lot of Democrats who are you know, 100 percent for Biden until they're not going to be, and they hope that something happens to, to uh, have him voluntarily step aside and give them a shot. So the question is going to be, at what point does he pick a vice president? You're not assuming that he'll, he'll automatically pick the current vice president. Well, I'm, I'm confident that, that Kamala will be the vice president of the Democratic Party uh, at the convention, even if Biden is not the presidential candidate. You know, similarly, if, say if he were to step aside after the convention and, I'm, and have to be released, replaced by the DNC, I, I, I can't see the DNC under any circumstances picking anybody other than Kamala Harris. Very interesting. So let me ask you, Carl Rove, too. How does all of this factor in, all of the Hunter Biden stuff? Because could he say, uh, oh, this is painful, what's happening to my son? Uh, now there's the impeachment inquiry, too. Is all that maybe somehow going to play into the politics of whether he stays or goes? Well, it might, but I, I, I don't think so. I mean, what, 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 this, this inquiry, let's be careful about this. This is an inquiry, are there grounds for impeachment? My personal view is that they're going to find a lot of stinky stuff. They're going to find Hunter Biden trading off his father when his father was vice president of the United States. We know that. We know that. You know, Devin Archer, the longtime Batman and political associate of the sitting secretary of state, John Kerry, is appointed to the Burisma board in January. And three months later, he has his business partner, son of the sitting vice president of the United States, who's charged with encouraging the Ukrainians to crack down on corruption. He gets put on the board of Burisma. Burisma is a corrupt company run by an oligarch close to Moscow, and neither one of these guys has any experience in energy, any experience in corporate governance, or any experience 
in Ukraine, and yet they're put on the board. And why? I used to I used to travel that region. I was on the board for international broadcasting that oversaw Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty. And when the Soviet Union collapsed, one of the things that happened is if you got into trouble with the central authorities in you know, Warsaw or Prague or Kiev, you hired an American. How do you think Paul Manafort ended up in 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 uh, in, 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 in Ukraine doing politics? Because they said he's close to Reagan. Let's hire him, and if anybody tries to mess with us, mess with us, we can point to the fact that we've got a powerful American in our in, in our corner. Well, who's more powerful than the longtime associate of the sitting vice of the sitting Secretary of State and the son of the vice president? So we know there's going to be stinky stuff. Whether or not it rises to the level of impeachment, it, it, it depends upon whether or not it encourages it, it involves actions that the president took as president of the United States. You're never going to get an impeachment based on, well, he did that eight years ago or 10 years ago when he was vice president under Barack Obama, unless it involved criminal activity. You're absolutely right. Otherwise, we're just playing a ping pong game uh, until the right. election. Right. Exactly right. And, well, and it will work. To, it will. It will, in my opinion, work to the disadvantage of Republicans. Think about what happened in the Clinton impeachment hearing. Yeah, now, granted, there'll be sympathy. Yeah, he did an inappropriate thing, but but the, the public said you're overreaching Republicans, and we and we got hurt in the 1998 elections as a result. And actually, but Carl, my question is: Will Biden use it? Just a few seconds left. Will Biden use it as an excuse? He could. He could say that this this is this. My, I, I want to pay attention to my family, and I've got other obligations as your president in a time of crisis for our country and the world. He could. But can I say one last thing? Joe yes. Biden's son who says that he cares about his father, should have been thinking about his father when he was out there trading on his father's name with a Chinese energy company dominated by the Chinese Communist Party and when he was going on board of a corrupt company in Ukraine. Maybe he should have been thinking about his father then. Well, Carl Rove, thank you so much uh, uh, for coming on. Thank you for telling the American people the truth. I won't even speak about the, the strategic reserves being sold to to uh, the Chinese company that uh, was involved with uh, Joe Biden's son. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. That was an interesting comment that you threw out there, John, at the very end. I think people deserve to know the truth. And do your own research if you don't believe me. But you know what, well, John, Rita you're right. Well, did her research and yes, she didn't believe right. me. And, and, she was right. and, and I'm glad dinner. I didn't believe her because I believe myself. <laughs> but you know what, John, your point there is really an interesting one because – it is that Chinese energy company that was being uh, receiving the strategic oil reserves. Those are our backups. I, I just dwindled. feel like that's stupid. It is so stupid. How is that? That is so crazy for national security purposes, Judge Weinberg. You can't make it up. It makes your eyes bleed. Your head explode. Why are we taking our strategic reserve and giving it to our arch enemy who wants to destroy us? And meanwhile, he was trying to help China get a foothold on American energy. Uh, Adam Johnson, our Wall Street expert, you can't make this up. You cannot make it up. I'm a former oil trader, and when I look at what we are doing with this great asset that we have, it makes me sick. We have all this oil. You know, we're the largest producer in the world right now. We're actually pumping more oil than Saudi Arabia, uh, than Venezuela, than take your pick, uh, than Russia. We've got all this oil, but we are afraid to use it because President Biden is held hostage by the far left of his party. And the first thing he did on the very first day he took office was to tell the Department of the Interior to shut down new leases 
on federal land. It's crazy. We've got this oil. We need it. It's a strategic, a strategic asset, and we're not using it. It makes me sick. He, he's doing you know, you, know, you, know you know what we're doing? We, 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 we're giving more business to Venezuela. Yeah. Because they need the money to take over Ghana next door. Yeah, Guyana. <laughs> <laughs> by, right. by, by the way, John, you and Adam were both on yesterday right. uh, with our friend Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business. And I want to have you repeat, John, both of you guys, because you both uh, seem like you're on the same page, talking about the fact that it's an election year. So what do you think, John, we're going to see again it's with oil prices? It's an election year. Uh, me and Adam both agreed. Uh, and Adam confirmed. Yep. Uh, that uh, we're going to hit new highs in the stock market. Yes. And uh, we before we knew about uh, uh, interest rates, we predicted they're going to come down significantly. Yep. And look what's happening. You know, Jerome Powell, actually, God bless him, because I'm an investor. I'm long a lot of stocks. And so I'm happy if rates go down. But it's what you were talking about, John, uh, yesterday on, on the Fox program, which is uh, government starts pulling out all the stops, with all due respect, Governor, uh, to get reelected. <laughs> you watch it. He's sitting next to you, Adam. I, be I careful. have to be polite. Be careful. <laughs> That's why I say with all due respect, Governor. Uh, but, uh, right? I mean, and, and, you know, look, it's human nature. You know, you want to get real. Of course you want to get reelected. Yes. And, and, and so they're going to do whatever they have to do. If you have it within your power to do things that help consumers, I mean, you should do that anyway. But if in the process it also helps you get reelected, like lower rates, lower oil prices, and you have the ability to, you know, that, do that. That President Biden's going to stand up and say, see, gasoline is back down to two and a half dollars. Uh, food is coming down. Uh, stock market is at all time high. Uh, interest rates are coming down. You can afford a house again. Bidenomics works. <laughs> right. Ed Cox, last call. Last set. Yeah. Oil prices. That's why he emptied the uh, petroleum, strategic petroleum reserve to bring down the price of oil to get rid of the red wave that was building up for 2022. And he did. Yes. And he's doing it again now by taking sanctions off of Iran, by sanctions off of Venezuela. Isn't that right, Adam, as an oil trader? Yes. I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's about, uh, helping other companies increase their supply so there's more oil that pushes the price down. Why do you think all of a sudden he's made nice with Nicolas Maduro, the uh, the dictator of Venezuela? Because he wants that Venezuelan oil on the market. That's 4 million barrels a well, day. Those billions uh, going to Iran are not being it, it's uh, not sickening. going yes. to good oh, use. It is sickening. sickening. And, uh, and also he's hoping people are going to forget sort of the pain that we've gone through, like to John's it's point. Crazy. Yeah, it's let's. Crazy. All right, let's take a hard break right now. We're going to come back and we're going to have we have Congressman uh, Jason Smith, Chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, with some big updates on Hunter and Joe some Biden. Some breaking news. Okay, let's do it. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now, of course, after a big day, as we saw now an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden and Hunter Biden thumbing his nose, is Chairman Jason Smith. He is currently the chairman of the powerful House Ways and Means Committee. Mr. Chairman, first of all, what does this mean to the American public now that this inquiry gets started? There are reports uh, that there might even be some depositions even over the holiday break for you guys. It sounds like you're hitting the ground running. Well, I'll tell you, we haven't stopped. We're not going to slow down. There's a lot of individuals that we want to come before us in Congress 
that they need to answer a lot of questions that we have. And there's a lot of documentation that we need this administration to provide to us in this investigation. You know, one of the big reasons why we had this vote yesterday is because Biden's administration has been blocking blocking numerous requests for document presentation. They have been blocking individuals. For example, we had folks from Department of Justice Tax Division that we subpoenaed to come before the committee to to answer a lot of questions and the high ups prevented it from happening. So with what we did yesterday, we definitely have gained um, a stronger hand now to force them to comply with Congress. What did you think, uh, Chairman Smith, when Hunter Biden, he went after all the chairs of the committee? Of course, it's you, it's Chairman Comer, it's Chairman Jim Jordan uh, saying you're distorting the facts, lying to the American public. It's all about politics. What do you say to Hunter Biden? The Bidens have a tough time period of telling the truth. And what I will say, what Hunter Biden did yesterday You would not see any other American do. He held a press conference on the steps of the U.S. Capitol right at the time he had been subpoenaed, a congressional subpoena to set for deposition, and he defied that. The subpoena for him yesterday was not a request. It was a demand. It was a legal demand. But his father is president of the United States, So I guess he feels like he could do that differently. But let me tell you, you would never see any other American that would do that. Hold a press conference in front of the building that he's supposed to be setting down under a congressional subpoena to answer questions. It's it's disgraceful. It's very similar to what the IRS whistleblowers have have reported to the Ways and Means Committee of how um, the Justice Department did not follow the normal steps in investigating the president's son. In fact, I I say that if any other American would have been investigated with this similar set of circumstances and facts, they would have been charged with these, these felonies, these misdemeanors years ago. And that's what the IRS whistleblowers testified, saying back in back in early 2020 and 2021, they were demanding charges to be brought. And the charges that were brought in California are exactly what the IRS whistleblower said that they should be charged of. Yeah. And everybody, we are talking to Congressman Jason Smith. He's the chairman of the very powerful House Ways and Committee, one of the key chairs uh, going into the investigation now, the formal inquiry of President Biden. So will Hunter Biden be held in contempt? Don't you think he should? Well, he violated a congressional subpoena. I absolutely believe that he should be held in contempt. And um, we're going to make sure he comes before Congress and he answers his question. You know, he's trying to say that he will come to Congress for a public hearing. Guess what? When Don Jr., the president's son, was subpoenaed by Congress, both in the House and Senate. Every one of his was in closed door, and he did more than 20 hours, more than 20 hours. He didn't defy it. However, the constitutional crisis that the Biden family is creating right now is a huge problem in the separation of powers.
Yeah, absolutely. You know, Congressman, um, before we let you go, I also want to ask you about going after some of the colleges. Uh, because why? what's happening with that? And this is on the issue of anti-Semitism. Is there something that you guys can do? You're there on the House Ways and Means Committee. Some of them are getting a lot of tax dollars, and people are saying, after some of the dismal display we saw last week, that maybe some of those tax dollars should be pulled. What are you guys doing to look into that? I know Elise Stefanik and others have been on the front row, including you on this. You know, we had a hearing almost a month ago exactly on the subject. We brought in a young college student at Cornell, a Jewish college student at Cornell, and she gave us numerous examples of the terrible stuff that was going on on campus. And the Ways and Means Committee, of course, we have jurisdiction over all tax policy. And that hearing, a big focus of it was looking at the special tax treatment that these universities have. Um, we believe in free speech, but we don't believe in preferred speech. And if they are getting such tax advantages, maybe we need to be looking into them. And it's also these billion-dollar endowments that are taxed a very small amount. Um, that falls within our jurisdiction. So there's several things that we're looking at. We need to make sure that our, our universities that are being tax-subsidized are not spreading and supporting anti-Semitic remarks. Yeah, 1,000%. Well, Chairman, thank you so much for joining us here on Cats and Cosby. Really great to have you. Keep us posted and keep up the great work for America to get to the truth. You can count on it. Great to be with you. Uh, Rita, that was a great interview with the most powerful uh, uh, person. Uh, The Ways and Means Committee is the most powerful committee. Breaking news, WABC. And uh, speaking of huge news, guys, uh, a study in the UK looked into if breathing is affecting greenhouse emissions. Uh, they said, yes, it actually is slightly, obviously very slightly. But the fact they actually looked into it, somebody actually paid for the study uh, saying that, I guess you have to hold your breath. I guess that's the way if you well, want to help the environment. We need volunteers. Yeah, who in the studio <laughs> wants to do a test? Uh, and, uh, that's Adam Johnson. Adam, we got to go to you for the exclusive reaction on this big news. I mean, if this is how government money is being spent in the UK, no wonder we came here. No wonder there's a Thanksgiving. No wonder we left that place, right? And the nine most terrifying words in the English language. We're from the government, and we're here to help. Yeah, but you need to say it with a British accent. That's the important thing. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't go there. I'm sorry. I just Governor, I, I mean, you know, would you volunteer to take less, less breaths? Sure, I've had to do it before. Some people have a lot of hot air. So, you know, now I understand what that means, what that phrase means. Hey, what Jackson, are you thinking? No, I'm sorry. I'm breathless. <laughs> All right. You got to top that. I've been holding my breath for the last three minutes. Let the record be clear. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, breathless, I am a little breathless as what's been coming out of this uh, this COP28 stuff. And they're, they're uh, first the president of it, Adam Johnson and John, because you guys are the two great economic experts with us here. Um, you know, first they came out and said, oh, no, no, no. The head of uh, COP28 said fossil fuels shouldn't be cut. And then somehow I think he got rebuked because he's hosting the energy conference. And now they're like trying to do this move away. You said it, it hasn't been good for you. A lot of this clean energy stuff has not been good. I'll tell you, I, you know, I, Look, I run the American Ingenuity Fund, right? So if there's new technology, 
I want to, I want to make, I want to own it. I want to be part of it. You know, to me, that's exciting. That's the growth. That's the opportunity. And so clean energy to me seemed logical. I have lost money on every single clean energy company I have bought. It has been a total disaster. At least it's consistent. Well, yeah. and, and you know, I t- I'll tell you why th- there is consistency. It's because none of these companies can actually stand on their own. They don't generate cash flow. And when you have an environment where interest rates are rising, all of a sudden people start to ask questions. You know, when, when interest rates are zero, it's okay if you don't have cash flow. Interest rates go up, you better have cash flow. And clean energy doesn't have cash flow. They do, they, they rely on government subsidies. That's the problem. Yeah, John. I mean, it is this all this EV stuff that we've been talking about, John, well, too, has Ford, been a mess. Ford has made a decision. Now, you know, there's another one I wanted to ask a financial guy for. What? General Motors. Yeah. Losing a ton of money on uh, electric vehicles. Yes. Uh, General Motors uh, uh, signed a new labor contract. It's going to cost them a ton of money. Yep. They lost a ton of money in the in the quarter. Why did they raise their dividend? Because they can, and they can. <laughs> That's an honest answer. <laughs> but, but you know, on, on, honestly, yes. Um, so you know the the added UAW or the cost, the added cost of the new UAW contract are only about seven hundred dollars per vehicle. And if you figure the average vehicle costs fifty five grand, you know, which is a lot, uh, they can afford it. They can actually raise prices. So, you know, Ford, uh, GM, they can all afford, even though they, you know, didn't want to admit it, they can all afford to pay the UAW these higher uh, wages. But, Adam, they they were bailed out in the past. They were. Do they expect that again because they're doing they better things not. the government wants them to do? Yeah, they better not. You know, Ford very cleverly went out and issued a ton of bonds back in 07 because they could see the writing on the wall and they didn't want to have to take government money. Uh, GM did not, which is why GM actually had to file for bankruptcy and get bailed out. So my hat's off to Ford. I have owned Ford. Um, and I probably won't buy GM because I'm just biased against that. I don't like owning companies that have to take government money. you got to be able to stand on your own feet. You really do. Stand on principle. Well, everybody, uh, stay with us. Uh, Michael Goodwin is coming up. He's got some big scoops. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we're back here on Cats and Cosby, and joining us now is the great Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist, Michael Goodwin. Um, you know, Michael, before we get to some of the stuff on um, all the DEI at Harvard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to find out. Did, uh, John has a question for you. Did, did Go you ahead, get Kyle. your invitation to the white-only uh, No, the black. The colored only yeah, party me. from the mayor of Boston. Okay. Yeah, did you hear this? This is crazy, Michael Goodwin. Uh, she's, yeah, yes, and... Uh, she defended it today. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was a bizarre defense. It was almost like uh, that the mistake was uh, just in letting, in, in enlarging the um, the guest list, or so, some some people who were not the, were not on the guest list got the invitation, as though that's the issue. The issue is she's having a segregated party. Wait, wait, Gov- uh, Governor Patterson has to weigh in. Go ahead, Gov. <laughs> Michael, uh, do you know why I wasn't invited to the party? <laughs> David, David, wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> it is a 
incredible, though, that she stood by it, to your point, Michael Goodwin, because she said, yeah, I'm sorry I blasted it out to everybody. And then when she sent it out to whites, she said, oh, I take that back. I'm rescinding the invitation. It's for electeds of color. But the fact that she maintains it was still appropriate to do, and she did it last night, what does that say? She should read Brown versus Board of Education. Separate but equal is not the law of this land. Right, right. And and you would, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense in this day and age. I mean, is, is she that woke? I mean, that was not the the mayor she uh, ran on. She ran on a more centrist campaign. Um, and yet, the, you know, look, it could be that because she defeated a black candidate, and I have, I have to say, I haven't followed Boston politics that carefully, but after after she won in the primary and then became the mayor, the Boston Globe did a story on why can't Boston elect a black mayor? Um, and maybe she feels guilty uh, having having defeated several black candidates. I don't know, but it's a really weird thing to do. She's not new. She's been there, what, a year and a half or something like that? It's it's a very strange thing to be doing at any time you're in office. Office, but certainly after a year or more in office, you sh- th- this should be a no brainer. I mean, who is talking to her? Who's telling her this is okay? Yeah, it is stunning, and it comes, of course. You just did a column recently, Michael Goodwin, on of course what's happening with Claude Dean Gay. This is the Harvard president. Uh, can it, and the whole plagiarism, and then you've got the you know Congress saying you know. Uh, What's going on? She should step down. Where is that headed? Because it's interesting that she stayed. The board said, oh, no, we stand by her. And look what happened at UPenn. Right. Look, uh, I I think the board um, had a problem here because the board just appointed her last uh, in July. Really, she took office. So sometime this year when they made up their decision and did they check the uh, plagiarism issue, was that something they did in their vetting? Apparently not. Uh, and so I think they had a kind of shared interest here of protecting her. Uh, along with her, I think they decided that it would be bad for them, bad for Harvard. Uh, and maybe they thought it was unfair, but nonetheless, uh, it makes them look bad, too. So I think they kind of circled the wagons on that one. Michael, it's Richard Weinberg. Welcome back. Thank you. A former professor at Vanderbilt who wrote the articles that were plagiarized, who's an African-American woman. Carol Swain, said, very well-known right, woman. Right. And she said her whole career, the president of Harvard's whole career academically, is based on lifting and ripping off her ideas and her expression of her ideas. And it's absolutely well, shocking. And she said she should be removed. Yes. Uh, Carol Swain, uh, as, as Rita said, is well-known. Um, and, um, I mean, I actually was on, used to be on Lou Dobbs with her quite a bit. Uh, we never met in person, but we talked a lot on television. Uh, but she, uh, she was very clear that, that this is plagiarism. This is not acceptable. And she went on to say that the, that the board has redefined plagiarism just to protect her. Uh, that's a, that's a really serious charge, uh, from a victim. Yeah, right? and- I mean, a victim should be given extra credibility in a case like this, as, as in all cases. And I think that's a significant issue, that the board has redefined plagiarism 
just to protect Claudine Gay. That's a that's a heck of a thing. And it, it really, in my mind, adds to the wounds that Gay has suffered. I think Gay is now a very wounded president. And it's it's more like, you know, one more thing and she's going to tip over. That That's what it feels like. And I think the board has done her no favors throughout this. Yeah, they well, I, I see. And I think they've given her such a pass. And like you said, because she was newly elected, uh, she's an alumnus there, too. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. Michael Goodwin, we've got Governor Patterson here. So, you know, the interesting thing about all of this, Michael, is that I was taught that the real uh, journalism or the real measure of intelligence was the ability to quote others, not to copy them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, David, I think you were taught properly. Uh, I only regret that Claudine Gay did not have your teachers. Um, But yes, I mean, and that brings up an interesting point. This was not a one-time lapse. This was consistent. Now, there are reports out today um, of another one of her pieces that that have been charged with this. And so I by by one count, that's five of the 12 pieces she has written, five of the 12 or five of the 11. I forget exactly which, but it shows this is a repeated pattern in her career. And look, she I mean, she's only written a small number of pieces to start with. And then to find this problem in so many of those pieces, that suggests not only light scholarship, but very sloppy scholarship. And yet she's the president of Harvard, and it's good enough for Harvard, according to the board. Yeah. Wow. Really uh, scary stuff. Well, we'll be following it. Michael Goodwin, Thank thank you so much. And obviously, check out your great columns every week. The ones that you put out twice a week, they're awesome, Michael. Thank you. And guys, what do you all stand for? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America.